everyone, and welcome back to another week of our podcast here at Redmond Presbyterian Church that we're calling In Process. My name is Austin Ashenbrenner, and I'm so glad that you're here. Uh, this is our sixth or seventh episode. We're, we're starting to get the hang of this thing, and it's, uh, it's fun to be together each week. As you all know, our goal with this podcast is to explore the ways that God is at work in our community and in our congregation and calling us uh, to see that new work and, and participate in it. And if we're honest, if I'm honest, sometimes that work can be head-scratchingly confusing. I don't know if that that's a word, head-scratchingly. But at times we can wonder if we're doing it right, if we know what's going on. Um, and in those moments, one of the most powerful things is to have someone else come alongside you and say, hey, you're not alone. Uh, I'm asking the same kinds of questions or I'm, I'm with you in this. And so for that reason today, I'm so excited that you get to hear this conversation with me and my friend and colleague, H.T. Lee. Pastor H.T. is at Overlake Park Presbyterian Church, who I often refer to as our friends at Overlake Park Presbyterian or our friends at OPPC. Because as we have done some of this work in the last few months, the thriving congregations work and, and talking to one another, we have learned that our congregations are so similar and have are asking such similar questions and doing uh, similar work. And so we want to always be thinking of ways that we can um, come alongside one another uh, instead of doubling our efforts, we can we can benefit from each other's wisdom and, and time together. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. I hope it brings up some good questions as we continue to learn together. Let's enjoy this time with Pastor HT and myself. Thanks, everyone. All right. Well, hello again, everyone. I'm here with Pastor HT. HT, how you doing? Oh, not too bad. How about yourself? Doing well. We just had um, a plate full of tacos from Taco Truck over here at OPPC, and uh, those are always good, but I feel like I need to take a nap every time I, I have those. <laughs> always. Always. <It's> delicious. <laughs> well, as I said in the intro, we're here together uh, today, HT and I, because um, our two churches, Redmond Presbyterian and Overlake Park Presbyterian, um, are... Are similar in so many ways. One, we're, we're not that far apart geographically, probably like three or five miles maybe at the most as the crow flies, something like that. Um, but more than that, we, we share uh, a lot about our contexts, our, our congregations, um, and, and the work that we're doing and the questions that we're asking these days. And so, um, HG, I wanted to start there and, and talk a little bit about um, both of our congregations are doing work with the thriving congregations program and and some folks i don't know if you find this some folks at rpc know what that is and others kind of hear about it and go what is that thing again um and really what it is if if i can kind of give it a, a nutshell definition is it's a it's a learning journey right it's our, our churches have committed to kind of learning about what it is that God is doing in our in our in our communities in our congregations, and and that learning process requires some unlearning. It requires kind of questioning assumptions that we've made for decades. Um, and so I'm curious. I'll just start with with the question for you. What what are you guys learning? What are what are some of the things that have um, been ahas for you, or or things that that you're working on right now? Yeah. Um, well. That's a great explanation because 
I think our church as well, there's some people who kind of get what it is. And and then there's and then there's even people on our thriving congregations core team that can't even explain it to their spouses (laughs) what it is. But yes, it's it is the learning process and how how a congregation becomes a learning um, you know, really really takes on that learning system, right? So, and I think one of the things that we are learning is that learning is hard. Yeah. Because when you learn, it requires you to make some steps of change mm-hmm. and uh, and let go of things that maybe you held on to so dear or or the possibility of it Mm -hmm. and i think that that hits a lot of people especially when uh, our congregations are both on the older side and when they hear when you know a lot of there's been conversation about like oh just do the change stuff after after i die kind of like deal you know right like well if if it was just that easy i totally agree with everything you're doing but just do it after after i i pass away or something you know because change takes a lot of work yeah and i think i think a lot of people at our church is realizing that change is a lot of work Mm -hmm. and um i think I think so there's some hesitation because they don't know if they don't know if they want it. Yeah. Is there so like one of the things in that I absolutely agree that that change is a lot of work. It's also extremely slow. Like mm-hmm. you know, we I find one of the things that we've experienced is you know, we get this core team of people together and we say let's read this book, let's pray together, let's think about ways that we can learn. And then after like nine months, there's kind of a, so what have we done, right? And and when the answer is, well, we haven't produced anything, we're still learning, right? And this process takes a lot of time, takes a lot of conversation with new voices, people in our community that perhaps we haven't communicated with. One of the things we've learned in that process is, um, you know, and you and I have talked about this a fair amount, the, the whole, the assumption that, that that we have internalized as a church, RPC specifically, but really lots of churches have done this over the decades, is if if we just did X really well or better, more people would come join us, right? More young families would come if we had a better nursery or more uh, families with kids would come if we had an amazing youth group. And, and we're while those things are, are fantastic, we're learning that whole notion of attraction that, that people are, are just waiting to come if we do the next perfect thing right um, is an outdated way of thinking about church, right? Like, of course, we want to be a place that's open and inviting and inclusive. Um, but the idea that people are just waiting to, to come flocking through our doors uh, is probably an outdated model. And, and what we need to start thinking about is how do we come alongside people in our community where they are in, in conversation. So that's one of our kind of, okay, that's hard, but but we're learning that. We're still learning it. We still don't quite fully know what it means. What about you guys? What are what are some of those learnings that you're like, this is hard, it's gonna take a lot of time around what topics or what areas? Yeah, um, you know, we're we're very <laughs> like 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 you said in the intro and in the in our beginning, like we we are very similar because we also think that yeah you know um if we open up more if we if we go back to normal 
people will come back. Oh, pandemic, yes. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, that's definitely one of our struggles as well. But one of our learnings is that, you know, we, we're realizing that the community is lonely. Hmm. You know, and we are also lonely. So they are seeking. I love it. They're seeking places to go. It's just they're just not looking for, you know, the church here, hmm. right? Because the church has probably had some history or they've had some history with the church where it wasn't a good history or a bad experience or, yeah. you know, there's just some baggage there. So, you know, one of the things that we're really focusing on and we're learning that we have to do is we have to go out to our community. Hmm. And it's not about having them come here, but it's really about how do we meet them um, not on our campus. You know, one of the, one of the things that we really realize is that um, we really have to have an outward-facing ministry. And But everything that we do is always internal. Hmm. It always faces in. Yeah. So every program that we do always faces in. Sure. Right? And... Of course, we're, we'll be welcoming to the one or two people who walk in and then, oh, why don't you join this program or join that program, <laughs> yeah. right? And of, co- and of course, they'll be like, oh, yes. But it's not, it's not to the point where hundreds and hundreds of people are you know, finding out about this cool new program that you know, Overlake Park is doing and, and right. they're flocking to, through the doors. No. You know, the, that's the thing. It's when we do a program, we're we're understanding that this is this program is now for us to start to build community and learn how to build community. Yeah. And then we have to now take that and take that out of our buildings, out of our walls, into the community. And we might not see financial gain, mm-hmm. or we might not see growth of people or attendance or members but what we will see is that we are engaged in community mm-hmm. and that OPPC is a part of community rather than you know just this building on this corner that no one right. knows about or an add-on to yeah, community exactly you, you said something right at the beginning of what you were saying that that I, I love and I want to hold on to is that one of the things you're learning is that your community there there are people in your community who are lonely and as a congregation you you share that loneliness and i love that i that reminder uh, that you just made for me that that oh, at its best that this learning is mutual you've learned like Oh, we have this in common with our neighbors, our our community members, and um, what a what a powerful point to to start that work of, like you said, kind of building that mutuality, that that connection, that community, as opposed to just what we've done in the past. And when I say we, I mean kind of capital C Church, which is, oh, we are here to help and fix. You just you know kind of receive all of these wonderful things we're doing. Um, yeah, I like that a lot. So on that note, that idea of, you know, kind of learning these things together, uh, you and I have, have talked and, and joked about um, OPPC and RPC collaborating more often. We've, we, you and I have just said we should just 
share offices and, and be one staff and, you know, just be way more fun um, during the week. But so here's my, my silly question, and, and this is not to sound naive or overly simple, but why do we, why do you think it's a good idea for churches like ours to collaborate, to work together, um, to learn from each other? Maybe another way to ask that question is why do you think more churches don't do that or 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 frame it in the positive? What, what do you think we can learn? Either way. Yeah, um, I, I think we've always we've always grown up with this fear, uh, especially if we've been in the church for a long time and doing ministry in the church for a long time. Is like we we never collaborated with other churches because we were always afraid that so and so church, if we let our families go and we did something together with that church, then the family would want to leave and go to that church. <laughs> Right. And we would lose them or, you know, there was always that fear. So then what we always did was we we kind of isolated ourselves and said, no, we're going to do our own thing. Thank you for the invite, but we're going to do our own thing. And I think because, you know, fear is fear always sits in the back of our minds or in the back of our hearts or, you know, wherever, wherever it sits. I mean, it sits there and it stays and it comes back when when we're introduced to an idea that brings back that fear. And so when we talk about collaboration, when we talk about merging, when we talk about doing stuff together, when we talk about anything like that, then then there's this fear of like, wait, hold on. Right. Um, why would we want to do that with them? Because maybe our families might like them better. <laughs> you know, that's our fear. Yeah. But, you know, one of the things that... You know, as a church and as a community, if, you know, for me personally, if I thought that there was a family who would, who would much, who, who would, who would benefit from like RPC right. per se, why wouldn't I send them to RPC and have their spiritual, like spirituality thrive there yeah. where I'm holding them back? Hmm. Right? Yeah. And, and and then and vice versa, yeah, yeah. Or why wouldn't we tell them like, hey, if if you're struggling here, why don't you go try this church? Or let me introduce you to Pastor So and So, and and let's see if let's see if you can find a connection there. Yeah. You know, why wouldn't why doesn't our hearts and our and our efforts and our ideas always go towards that direction? compared to like no they can't leave right. you're mine yeah. <laughs> like you're mine you like you signed up here you, yeah, yeah exactly yeah well and i wonder too like as you're saying that i i absolutely agree that's churches almost every church i've been a part of has had some sense of that mindset of these are ours and those are theirs. And, you know, if, if somebody from that church comes here, we need to let the other church know as a courtesy. You know, it's always kind of this, um, you know, ter- territorial thing. I, I also wonder if this isn't just like a microcosm of uh, like what we're talking about with, with connecting with our neighborhoods is it's the unknown, right? Like, so if you're at, at Overlake Park Presbyterian and, and, and you're thinking about folks at Redmond, you don't know them. You know, you might know that, oh, they're another Presbyterian church like us, so we have some things in common, maybe some language, but, you know, do they understand all of our story? Do, do we understand theirs? Do they do things differently than we do? I, I, I think it's, I wonder if this idea of, of 
churches collaborating and working together is almost kind of like a a training wheels way of of learning how to connect with our community, right? Like here's a group of people who we immediately have some things in common with, um, but yet we still have a lot to learn about each other, right? Stories and histories and hopes and dreams and all these things. Um, but but yeah, like you said, I think oftentimes we we default to that that fear position. How do you think we we make meaningful strides? forward from there or have you seen that you know like in your experience as as you and i have collaborated or as you you know i know you do both of our churches connect with other churches as well like what has anything kind of moved you or people you've worked with out of that fear posture into okay let's let's give this a shot or maybe we stand to learn something yeah well i, th- I think it's first off that we have to be willing right i mean both sides have to be willing at some point yeah to try it and i think i think everyone is pleasantly surprised after we have a have a joint event and and things are successful and oh wait hold on you don't want to leave <laughs> right you know yeah. you know like oh let's try it or or it's more about like um our our people are or let's just say members of the OPPC go to this joint event and then they get excited. Hmm. They see what some more, some differing possibilities, yeah. right? Yeah. Or they see something different that we, Oh, we should try that. At, we should yeah. try that at OPPC. You know, one of the things that um, I shared in a sermon, um, maybe about a month ago or so is, you know, we, we always sit in this circle like during worship? No, no, no. We, I mean, we sit. We like our minds don't go out of this circle. Oh, I see. I see. Like our thoughts. Yeah. Right. And our perspective and our dreams. Everything is built around this circle. Mm-hmm. And unless you expand this circle, <clears throat> you know, we cannot dream any bigger. We cannot come up with any other ideas. Mm-hmm. You know, we're always stuck. That's why brainstorming is such a such a big deal. And like, you never brainstorm by yourself because. If you brainstorm by yourself, you have this circle. Yep. <laughs> and that's all you could think of. Yep. And until someone brings another perspective, your circle does not get any bigger. Right. Right? So uh, in order for our circles to get bigger, we have to learn from different communities, different people. You have to talk with different perspectives. Like, you know, one of the things is like if 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 you are, um, let's just say you're you're a you're a volleyball player, mm-hmm. and volleyball is all you do. If you never go and talk to a baseball player, like <laughs> right, and then learn like, oh, you do that for training. Yeah. Wow, that would really work well for volleyball. Right. Right, like, and then, and then, like, your muscles get better, your technique gets better. You know, there wouldn't be any of this exploration of new ideas, new things, unless we started to expand who we talk to. Yeah. And so, unless we do this, then we will be stuck with the same ideas that we've done for the last hundred years, mm-hmm. right? And throughout the history of the church. Uh, your church, right? Like, or my church, or yeah, whatever church. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> OPPC has been in existence for sixty years. Yeah, 
We will do the same things over and over again that we did for the last 60 years, and we will not grow, we will not expand, yeah. we will not do anything different until we start to collaborate with RPC. Hmm. Until we start to collaborate with Mercer Island, until we start to collaborate with Lake Burien. Yeah. And, you know, and once we start to do that, our circle of experience and our circle of ideas is just expands and expands and it, and it just goes a hundredfold. And now our ideas are like going all over the place. Now we got to start to narrow down. Okay, what are we going to do? Right. And then that's where excitement starts. Yeah. And then, you know, there's a bigger mass of people that we can find excitement with. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I love it. I, as you were saying that, it, um, you know, we're two pastors sitting in a room, so inevitably we're going to talk about, about the Bible. But I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm picturing like in, in the book of Acts, you know, the, the, the church, the early church begins to grow and have those kind of moments when... And only when, you know, the Jews and the Gentiles start to commingle and there's this, oh, wait, how do we do this, right? We're, to, we're different communities and, and there's there's friction at first and there's there's struggle and then there's new learning and then there's, you know, oh my gosh, this is what God is doing. Um, and, and moments of real celebration and, and worship in that. And um, and I think you're right. And, and what's fascinating to me is, you know, we we applaud that kind of collaborative learning in so many other corners of our lives, right? And we tell our kids to do group work at school. We, uh, we, I, I'm sure, although I haven't experienced it firsthand in, in the corporate setting, there's always, you know, teams collaborating across, uh, offices. Uh, for some reason in the church, we get really, like you said, kind of, this is our circle and you guys have yours over there and, you know, and, 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 and maybe we'll meet up once a year or something like that. But, um, you know, I was also thinking about, and, and we mentioned this at, um, at RPC a couple weeks ago, that you and I get to do things like we had a leadership forum a couple weekends ago with this thriving congregations thing and sitting in a room with 30 or 40 other area pastors and leaders. And that those times are so enriching and you know so encouraging a to know that you're not alone and that people are asking similar questions and you're getting these great ideas and resources and and it's it's the the struggle is then we all go back to our churches and and we don't often you know break out of that and say no this amazing experience i had we, we should all be able to do this and so yeah i think um you know what whatever and you and I today don't have time to like get down into the weeds of like, so what sorts of things would our two churches do together? But I think for me, the short answer is like anything, right? Like, you know, whether we worship or serve or eat together, like um, I just think there's there's so much good that, that comes from, from that kind of interaction. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, our youth groups are already starting to do things together. That's right. That's, that's you know, and... You know, when, when there's kids involved, it's like it brings kind of the whole church together. Right? Yeah. And that's how I feel about it. Yeah. And, you know, they've so they've are Austin and uh, Pastor Lottie has been, uh, you know, kind of just, you know, collaborating, doing uh, retreats together, doing gatherings together. We did the youth mental health, mm -hmm. you know, seminar uh, together. Uh, and I think they still have a lot more 
in store. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that we did before was we had joint worships. We did we do VBS together. We basically survived the pandemic by by linking up, you yep. know, with sermons and and all sorts of things together. So yeah. So you know, one of the things that we should probably like think about is like why don't we why don't we re- share resources? Yeah. You know, why are we doing two things? You know, that's one of my things. I, I'm always about how can we simplify? Mm. We're, we're all doing, we're, you know, you're the pastor at RPC. I'm the pastor at Overlake Park Presbyterian Church. To be honest, we do the exact same things, <laughs> yeah. but we do it on our own. Right. <clears throat> like, why can't we share in our resources, share in your knowledge, share in my knowledge, um, you know, do worships together, do uh, sermonizing together, do worship planning together. You know, like it could be all over. And then and then on top of that, let's have our leaders get together yeah. and collaborate on how we can start to reach community in, and then broaden our circle of knowledge and yeah. ideas. And, yep. you know, I think I think we can do events and I think that's the easiest thing we could do. Yeah. But if we really want to break through on Jesus's radical um, leadership and his example of how he reached multiple, multiple communities mm-hmm. that were, and, and Jesus being a Jewish man, right? Like, you know, in 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 that time would never talk to a samaritan would right. never talk but then jesus did that <laughs> right like he was the radical one who who started this exploration of like branching out and expanding his circle and right. and collaborating and doing doing all this ministry and and that's what the that's how the church was formed yeah. right and you know and paul really took off with that you know finding these churches and um, you know, with multiple different people and everyone and the community was involved. So I, I just feel like we could always do programs. Sure. But until we get our leadership together to start collaborating on ideas of how we can really make change, that's when that's when real yeah. you know, collaboration will happen. Yeah. You know, one of the I don't know if you guys have had this experience, but in the thriving congregations process, you know, as we start talking about words like neighborhood, almost immediately the question arises of like, well, what is our neighborhood? Is it, you know, are we talking about this hill on in Redmond? Are we talking about Redmond? Are we talking about Kirkland, Bellevue, Redmond, Duval, Woodenville? Um, and one story, and you know this story that that cracks me up, that connects our two churches, is um, there's a family who attends Overlake Park Presbyterian who moved to the U.S. and to the area, and and he um, Google's you know or searches online you know I think they had they live in a they have a Redmond address, but they live like blocks away from here, so yeah. that should tell yeah. us something immediately. Um, you guys have a Bellevue address, but just a block away is a Redmond address. So he Google's a Redmond Presbyterian Church and finds RPC, listens to a sermon online. Oh yeah, this sounds great. And then he and his wife go for a walk that same after that later that week, and they realize, you know, just down the street is this OPPC place, and they pop in the next Sunday, and they're warmly greeted, and one thing leads to another, and and they're here now, and it's it's amazing, um, but just such a that to me was such a funny real life example of like, look at how when we talk about the word neighborhood, how 
porous that is how how it just literally is like it bleeds together and and is on top of each other and in in good ways right and and how cool that 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 family now is knows about both of our churches and is is connected to one and um so anyway i i I just think as we continue to think about ways that we can uh collaborate i think knowing right off the bat that um that our contexts are really that that similar mm-hmm. um, is is a meaningful step. Well, uh, another way another way also to think about it is um, you know when we talk about community, we always um, make community a singular thing, uh-huh. but we're actually trying to build communities, right? And so you know we have to think of it in that way. Yes, the hill that RPC sits on is a community sure but you know we're not only trying to build that community right right we're trying to build communities and so so then like even even the corner that oppc sits on is a community where rpc should should live should be thinking right and and so and vice versa and so you know that's a that's a way to think about it that we're we're really trying to build communities yeah um it's good it's a good reminder well i love that you mentioned some of the youth things that lottie and austin rabine are collaborating on and and some of the other things i know you and i have talked about getting our our session leaders together soon and um you know i I look forward to it not just uh in the abstract that church collaboration is a good idea but also in the specific like you said that we're trying to build communities both you know in bellevue on this corner and in redmond and in all points in between so ht thank you so much for yeah. for the tacos and the burrito and yeah. uh, and <laughs> we're getting to hang out with you uh, yeah. this afternoon good to talk with you yeah and if anyone wants to swing by tacos always on me Ooh. <laughs> see ht's stealing my food no that's awesome no it's just food is always a, a community builder so amen to yeah. that all right, everybody. Well, thanks again for joining us this week. And uh, as, as I always say, I want to hear your questions and your uh, responses and, and ways you have um, benefited from this kind of um, learning as you've uh, branched out and talked to, to different communities and, and learned from other churches. Um, this conversation is always more fun uh, with more voices in it. So look forward to that. Thanks again. We'll see you guys later.